It's a nice. Oh, it's so nice and puffy and white outside for David. Mm-hmm. Oh, he loves twinkle, loved, twinkle, little he snowman. Loves, he loves it. He twinkle. loves it. I really do. I'm such a little baby for snow. I just, it's such a. I just, how can you not look out and be like, the trees are getting like white and twinkly and heavy, and when you walk outside in the snow, it's also really muted. Because the snow acts it is like, very muted. It acts like eggshell cartons on the on the wall, you know, and there's not as much reverberation. I do like that. I will give you that. That I do like the muted. Uh, it, it is like walking into a partially soundproof room. Yeah, it's just nice. Like there's just so many. <laughs> it's just nice. <laughs> Why can't we have nice things? And it's, it's like I don't know. I don't like to think like think too much about this sort of stuff but like it's just kind of like oh we need to cherish snow while we still can you know <laughs> like i don't know <laughs> i lived in minnesota for four years and there was one winter where it just did not snow like it snowed mm. like once and it was like in march and everyone freaked the fuck out because it didn't snow in minnesota an entire winter and it was right in like 2011 right when like the cap and trade bill had just died and mm-hmm. i was just like it, at the, at that time like i was a you know big like um i was really into like environmental organizing and it was just one of the most depressing winters ever because it was like <laughs> we're fucked dude like we're just we're totally fucked bro bro we're fucked bro you know what we are we're fucking fucked <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so uh... yeah. <laughs> and so now i just get when i get to see snow i'm like oh there's a little bit of it's Maybe maybe we're not. I don't know. I just um, it's like the all I see is yeah. all I see is infrastructural nightmares every time I see snow. And in fact, Fair, I've, I've, wit- yeah. I've witnessed them actually. I've witnessed them, two of them in like the past three days. I've like saw I saw a I saw a dump truck dump with truck. a flat. No, not a not a dump. Tr- I saw a garbage truck with a with a flat oh, like shit. act actively r- driving on the hub <laughs> uh, oh, like shit. on the on one of its hubcaps or whatever you know so like so granted it's got like 16 wheels but like one of them is out and it's just like and he's like that's not good for the the, the road <laughs> that's like the, that's like the fire truck being on fire in the dark night you know just, yeah well just then like, i saw and then the up. next day i i saw a fucking bus being towed uh, so I saw, I saw, <laughs> I saw like a fucking like beefed up, like, like fucking swole tow truck, just like a fatty swole tow truck to- towing a bus. Was it an extra long bus or was it a normal bus? Um, I think it was a normal bus, but it was still big. <laughs> <laughs> it was still huge. It was a gigantic tow truck to tow this damn bus for sure. Wow, that's fucking cool, man. Yeah, and then every time snow hits the ground, for whatever reason, like, every pothole and imperfection in the road, it looks like it's gotten worse. Like, mm-hmm. it just seem, it seems worse. And, like, I can't scientifically say 
yes, stuff got worse after it snowed, but it always feels like that. Well, I think it, the ice, I mean, the uh, the ice melt stuff, you know, the, uh, the, the salt really, really ruins the roads. It just is a really intense chemical, and it just gets right yeah. into the cracks and foundation and stuff. Make, I think it does make it worse. I mean, I know it kills a lot of plants, and um, not good for the doggies if you're walking those out there, folks. Anyway, for all the dog lovers out there. Is that why they all wear the little boots? Yeah, man. And because it, is it sharp? Uh, no, it it's like it's like a mild toxin. So if they lick, oh it, wow! So if they lick it, it's not good. They get a uh, little little baby sick, and um, so you got to. And also, it's an ir- it's an irritant as well. But um, the big concern is the licking and stuff. But you okay, know, interesting, and, and you know, and for me, the curious, the curious ones out there. And, you know, I'm just on the ground, just sort of like, oh, all right, put a little of this on, on, my, on my soup. Is this yes. cocaine? Should I snort it? <laughs> uh, you guys, uh. there's cocaine on the ground. What are you, what are you doing? You're uh, just going to leave cocaine on the ground? This is ridiculous. This is so wasteful. Yeah, and you're like, oh, man, this is good stuff. Ah. Um, Who needs bath salts when you got street salts? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's a cool one out there. Um, I don't believe I will be delivering tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel a little under the weather anyway. So yeah. Well, whatever, folks. By the time you're listening to this episode, there will be a winner of the big game brought to you by Mastercard. Uh, have you watched any football this season? Um. No, I guess I don't really see. I mean, like, I am a sports person a little bit. Like, I enjoy watching it when it's on. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out there overly resentful, like inside a fucking Blick art, you know, store. Just, yeah, you know, just sort of like fucking sports. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I find basketball interesting. Uh, I find football fun in the moment. Um, it is a blood sport, uh, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I lo- I'm but, with you on that one, though. I like sports when they're there, and that's about it. I don't I, give sports any thought outside of like in the specific moment when I'm watching them with people, which is infrequently. I like uh yeah well two things I come from a really sports light town so we're we're very cursed in terms of medium sized um oh yeah medium sized op- operations but uh like I like I think the Green Bay Packers are cool because they're publicly owned that's fun <laughs> also that was another funny contention of them uh for all the sports heads out there all all the ball all the ball dudes um <laughs> all the ball guys out there. You know, there was the deflate gate happened a couple years ago where Tom Brady and the Patriots were sort of accused of oh yeah, illegally deflating the football. So beyond some sort of regulation and they definitely they probably cheated. You know, long story short. But then the funniest part is that everybody was like they started comparing everybody else's you know, football preferences and most teams were and most quarterbacks were sort of like yeah, I like the ball. I guess I do like the ball a little bit squishy. You know, I like it a little bit, a little bit deflated, but not beyond regulation. Except for the Green Bay Packers, 
is Aaron Rodgers was just like, no, but no, I like a full ball. I like a real full ball. <laughs> <laughs> he, he likes an overinflated ball. And I was just like, hell yeah, man. Pure, yeah, you know he's very ethical in his balls. He likes a he likes a, a big uh, get, fill that fill that sucker full of air. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was fun. And then yeah, I come from very cursed franchises like the the Seattle Blazer. No, no, you're you're a, you're a Seattle sports. Well, both because the Seattle SuperSonics they got destroyed in the two thousand in two thousand seven. Right. Um. Until that was like KC. Kevin. Dur- yeah, that was Kevin Durant's like rookie year, you know, or whatever. I think. Uh. So oh, and remember, Kevin Durant was on the SuperSonics, and then they and then they then moved he, to Oklahoma City. Okay. Yeah, yeah, him and um, that was a great year Re- for OKC. Like the first two years were fucking fire for that team. Yeah, it was Durant, uh, Russell Wills, not Russell Wilson, that's the Westbrook. football player. What Russell Westbrook and uh, James Harden? Uh, they were all on the same. They were all on the same OKC team. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, yeah, see, the SuperSonics uh, were destroyed, which is very silly in hindsight because Seattle has become a huge city of tech shit. So like, all those fucking losers who were like, "We're gonna move it to Oklahoma." Like you moved it for you moved it to a city of like, you know, a couple hundred thousand with no expansion. You know, I've been to Oklahoma City. It's like the weirdest looking city. You Tough can't town, walk man. anywhere. Yeah, yeah. There's one big building, and that's it. You know, and meanwhile, Seattle has absolutely exploded in like population and popularity and everything like that. And it's actually shown. Because the Seahawks, they they like won a Super Bowl a couple years ago, and mm-hmm. with what Russell Wilson, and then um and fucking Beast Mode, fucking uh what's his name um I forget, but he looks, he looks, no uh Beast Mode, you guys yeah. know you'll know you'll know him um Beast Mode yeah yeah Winston Churchill yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh I have to look it up just so I know but yeah and then. Yeah, and then also we got it. We became a really big soccer soccer town. Oh yeah, it's always. Yeah. Oh, that's always Portland a bit too, cursed. Right? Yeah, Portland, the Portland Timbers and the Seattle uh, Sounders. The Not Sounders. to make this about me, but Kansas City had a pretty good soccer team for a while there too. Not as good as Portland. Marshawn Lynch. That's beast mode. He's just <laughs> he's wearing the what? His boy's wearing the best hat <laughs> in this picture. <laughs> It's just a, it's an awesome hat that's straight black and then in sort of old English white font it just says thankful cool. <laughs> which is awesome uh no okay yeah so uh yes so like the Pacific Northwest has like actually really good a really good soccer franchise and you know between the Sounders and the Timbers and the Timbers have actually won the like the championship several several times they're like that they're like the best in the country but like nobody cares about soccer uh outside of outside of that area that area yeah exactly and then the trailblazers i mean got i mean there that's a very cur- it's a very cursed very cursed situation oh that's very fun david uh, <laughs> david has found a, a scrunchie and has put it he looks like mr monopoly now gets over his eye yeah this is what happens when people start talking about sports for a little bit too long i'm just like i can't i can't participate anymore <laughs> you you guys eyeball. don't need <laughs> you don't have you have college sports the midwest has a lot of college teams but I mean, you don't KU have basketballs. a what's up dude i mean that's like that's you don't have a basketball you don't have a basketball team. The closest basketball team 
to let's see the closest basketball the closest team NBA Kansas team to Kansas City. I mean, it depends. Uh, probably the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Denver Nuggets. But Nuggets and Wolves, the uh, maybe OKC. OKC's not too actually. Far. It's probably OKC. I, I don't remember which one's closer, Oklahoma City or the Twin Cities. Uh, Twin or Cities actually, the, hours. the the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis Grizzlies are probably uh, pretty close. That's a yeah. It's probably about seven hour drive. It's actually probably Memphis to Kansas City, and then Kansas City to Denver is maybe a similar distance. Um, or the Bulls, the Bulls. That's another one. That's also about six and a half, seven hours. I've done these drives, man. I've done these drives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you do? Yeah, they. Uh, you guys don't. But like, you're lucky though, because you have like a nice little smorgasbord that you can pick and choose from. But like the 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 Tim, or excuse me, the the Trailblazers. They're a very cursed franchise. They won one. They won a a season back in 1977, and so they were championships once. And then since then, they've encountered uh, the, some very cursed situations. They, uh, no, no, David, don't put that. <laughs> they, they very famously uh, drafted like Michael Bowie over Michael Jordan or whatever. Oh, that's a bad idea. They, they could have chose, they could have chosen Michael Jordan yeah, in the 1984, 85 mm -hmm. drafts, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and then, no, now it's over his nose, you guys. <laughs> And then when Michael Jordan was on, like, the Bulls and, like, Wrecking Shop in the early 90s and the late 90s, uh, the Trailblazers were really great. But unfortunately, you know. Lacking in Michael Jordan. Lacking in Michael Jordan. Uh, they were one of the teams that didn't get a championship in addition to, like, the, the Utah Jazz, the, so the Supersonics, you know. Uh, I think the Pistons were in there. The Pistons did win a couple. They were like the team that were like, "We'll we'll beat you up. We'll fucking kill you." Oh yeah, they were uh, the cool team. The, um, wasn't Dennis Rodman on the Pistons at one point? He was on. He was on the Pistons. Yeah. Uh, and and he yeah the Pistons yeah the they used Pistons to whoop ass right. That was they were like the cool. They would, team. They would beat. They would beat you up. That's fucking <laughs> awesome, man. That's so. Dedicated. They played street. They played street ball. They were they were hilarious. I respect uh, that. Yeah. And then in the early 2000s, the Trailblazers went by the Jailblazers because like a couple of them smoked marijuana, oh, and like yeah. that was a big that was a big deal back then. Yeah, um, More, yeah. The, where the, the Portland mass mass incarcerationist victims Blazers. Yeah, but that was also um, a really uh, funny period because uh, that was also a period where um, fucking. They had a. They were a very. They were like the Detroit. They were like Detroit in the early '90s, um, where uh, one of their players. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Danny, I start, I'm, I'm starting to get a feeling that you do care about sports and like sports. I just and follow sports. I just Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace was on the Blazers, and like we he... started off this conversation, and we were, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, I guess we don't really care about sports, and it's just been, you just know this stuff. No, he I just have a I just have a memory for it. He Rashid Wallace has the most hilarious record because he was on the Trailblazers and he was a really good basketball player, but he has a really awesome statistic where he got the most technical fouls in one season, <laughs> which is 40 42. Like so nice, he was dude. constantly just like throwing bows and just sort of like being ridiculous. And he was one of those guys who smoked a lot of weed and players he eventually went on to get a championship in Detroit, oddly enough, a couple mm -hmm. years after he was traded. And a lot of players would be like, yeah, there are some players who just play better when they're really, really high. 
and they were always talking about Rashid Wallace. Uh, did, you ever so, see that, did you ever see that viral video of the um, there, there's the 1966 baseball player who threw a, a no hitter uh, while he was tripping on acid? Yeah, that was in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Something like that. that. Was... Yeah, he's. It, it's. I, I've seen that video have like two or three rounds of virality, and it's just kind of like every once, every like three. You know, how just like every once, once every like six months, someone will retweet the like Bolivian or the Peruvian architecture. You know, and everyone's like, "I love this Peruvian architecture." You know, <laughs> and everyone's like, "This is so amazing." I hate, I hate Western architecture, and it's like this is just come up. This comes up every six months, or like, it, or like the shrimp fried this rice thing, but it's kind of uh, it's it's maybe once every five years with this one really funny video of this pitcher who hit a no hitter while he was on LSD. Yeah, he was on. I believe he was on the Pirates, and uh, and the Pirates are funny because they have funny little outfits. Like their hats are different. Uh, their 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 hats are different from everyone else in the MLB. Uh, Pirates best best um, outfits, best costumes, uh, worst costume uh, has to be the Diamondbacks, Arizona Diamondbacks, because they're all gray and gross. Looks the D backs, the D backs, the D backs. Yeah, who famously. Uh, had Randy Johnson when he yeah. finally won a World Series, mm-hmm. uh, ironically enough, against New York Yankees in 2001, right after 9/11. So uh, <laughs> very, oh, Randy, very, very sad, very sad for the Yankees. But also, that was a year that the 9/11 Seattle happened. Mariners, the Seattle Mariners, had a fan, had the best season in modern baseball history. They had like a Seven six point seven six zero record. They won every. They like which is um, ridiculous. But That's they lost insane. in the playoffs. They lost in the playoffs. The Seattle Mariners are the only baseball team who have never won, never gone to the World Series. Really? Everybody else. Yep. Everybody Even else with has. Ken Griffey Jr. You guys didn't do it in the nineties. I'm telling you, man. Northwest Pacific Northwest sports are really cursed. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're really cursed. I will say Kansas City. Growing up was a cursed town for sports, and now all of a sudden we're like so like buff with good sports. Like the Royals are, were like good for like four years. They won a World Series a couple. Yeah, we went to the World. We had back to back World Series appearances, and we won one of them. Um, yeah, and then now the Chiefs are like could be poised to become a dynasty by the time this episode comes out. They might be like everyone's like you know like everyone's talking about Patrick. Like I read this ridiculous article in slate about how like this guy was like Patrick Mahomes is like Tom Brady's technical expertise plus the showmanship of uh what who's the Indianapolis Colts guy plus like the Brett Favre plus this guy plus this guy all combined and had sex and made a baby and this that's how good Patrick Mahomes is and I'm like okay he's he's like 24 well uh, cool he seems like a nice guy uh, I I just I tried to Google I just Googled uh Patrick Mahomes fun because I've heard he's fun. He and I want to know he I know he, I don't know how. Everyone in Kansas City loves him. All the all like the housewives have a crush on him. Um and he seems like he has like a really nice girlfriend and he's in every he's in like every single sports commercial now. It's crazy. I I I've just never really had um a sports like had Kansas City be like a successful sports city, or really, I just 
grew up when Kansas City was just like not a very like booming town, and now it's doing great. So good for that. Oh yeah, he was a, he was a baseball player. He that's why he's that's why he's um uh like kind of a unique player. That there's something else that I heard is that now instead of just getting people who are like straight football skill set, they want uh people who can be goofy with the ball. Like they're able to throw it uh in more dynamic ways than uh just uh a regular football player would. So him being a baseball player is like very uh very uh uh preferable to him. He's got these he's got some goofy curls. His wife is he's got a very white woman looking wife. Yeah, super super like, white just, woman wife. Just like her, uh, like everything about her, just yeah. I, she's like the the flip of the coin of the can I see your manager lady. Like she seems like a nice person. Oh, um, she is like such a Kansas City. Like this is like I, I know like thirty girls who look just like her and just like the nicest people. Many times, Re- you know, like don't ask them about things that are like too that you know you're gonna you're like you're gonna disagree with them in their worldview in a lot of ways, I'm sure. Or they, like, don't really have an opinion. But, like, perfectly reasonably nice people, you know? Um, very, very nice people. Anyways, okay. P- Ponzi Scream. Welcome to Ponzi Scream, guys. We yeah, know. we've been talking about <laughs> sports for a straight 21. Actually, you know, this is... Let's let's do this. Let's do... Well, let me get a glass of water real fast. Because <laughs> so, oh, okay. uh, we've been talking second. sports so much. We have a mm-hmm. classic one for you guys. A classic, Speaking, literal, of them. literal Ponzi scheme today. This yes, is a, this is I'm gonna put one. in the. I'll put in the air horns right here. Yeah, and uh, oh man, we got a we got a namesake coming in. So Very this happy is to see a 1.7 billion dollar Ponzi scheme, guys. All right, all right. GPB Capital. Uh, just, just the good, good, stuff. good, good. Player boys, capital. The good player boys, capital. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so these are some boys. These are some good New York-based boys. David Gentile and Jeffrey. No, Sh- come on, yeah. that man. Oh, you got to be kidding me, man. Come on. I'm just glad. That's that, <laughs> I'm just glad that he's not David Jewish. It's always. I would say my my name. My, my name, name is my name is Schmoyle, Schmoyle Jewish. Schmoyle Jewish? I mean, no, it, he, it, he's literally not. Gentile means not Jew. And Jeffrey Schneider, which is. I know. Clear. That's like he was trying to disguise himself or he's something just, like <laughs> that. <laughs> Schneider is not. I mean, you have to be very bold as a Jew to disguise yourself with Schneider. It's like this a, is coming. This is coming off yesterday when I literally was delivering food in South Williamsburg and I did see a Hasidic man go like talking like this close to another another guy and nice. he was going like i didn't know what he was saying he said he, but he was doing this he's like ah, ah, ah. Oh, yeah. like he was making yeah. a very i i don't know how to describe it like a sort of jewish hand gesture no no no, no 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 that's it i mean it's just like a, this is a this is a uh a, an off an off-white off-whites talk with their hands like yeah. <laughs> eggshell white yeah. people talk with their hands this is like greeks do it italians do it jews do it this is we're we're a handsy people, and yeah, the, the northern the northern whites, the northern European whites, don't do that. There's just no, there's distance. There's <laughs> yeah. hands behind your back. These are just these are not things that the Mediterranean folk do. 
they're, so, too, they're too busy sipping my tie. <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> please, please, kids, please proceed. <laughs> when, I think uh, of, when I think of Greeks and Italians, I think of my ties. Uh, uh, so yeah. look, Jeffrey Schneider and David Gentile, probably the two most Germanic people I've ever heard in my life, um, own GPB Cap Capital, uh, and. They uh, have this uh, placement agent called Ascending Capital. They lied to their investors. Um, they were making 8.8%, okay, on this. And this is an investment firm. This is just like some asset manager, a uh, private firm. And they're making, they're delivering 8% back to people. And you know what, folks? This is 17,000 retail investors. 4,000 of them are seniors, all right. Um, mm, yeah. Is that uh, is eight percent high or low? I have no context. Pretty high. I think it's pretty yeah. high. Um, it seems high. Yeah, I'm not like super expert on like what they're like promising or, but it's pretty good. Pretty pretty damn good. You know, I mean, it's um, all of it is still out. Basically, they in 2018 they basically just decided they were going to stop giving out money, and because they're way off i mean because i mean it's like well i think it's interesting about this press release is they call it a ponzi like scheme uh but it's just a ponzi scheme like they, it's a very know, very much a ponzi scheme <laughs> they're using their investor like other investors money just to pay out the other investors like there's no that's all it is and it's just one of these one of these days we're going to have to do a, a bio and just a whole episode on Charles Ponzi to get into the whole nitty gritty of it. But like I, the whole idea behind the Ponzi scheme is like that you have to always be getting. Is it that you have to be getting new investors? Like otherwise yes. you can't you can't proceed in paying people back, you know? Yes. Yes. So they, the. Yeah. The portfolio of companies that they were supposed to be getting into is automotive retail, waste management, and healthcare, which are kind of maybe the th like three of the biggest scams in America, like in, in the American economy these days. Like waste management is just a little on the nose for its corruption, you know, like. Yeah. If you're like, oh, yeah, we're an asset management firm who invests in waste management. That's like, oh, so you're the mob. This is just like a mob front. Yeah, I was gonna say like those. Uh, what that's so strange because they're that that even that seems like a scheme up front because it's just sort of like like you said a waste management that's that's mafia tied, uh, b uh, healthcare that is completely closed off unless you are part of that team, and then c what was the other one automotive retail. It's just yeah, like that's a dying that's a dying industry. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> Unless you're Jeep or maybe Tesla, which is entirely speculative. Like, Yeah. I mean, it's just like automotive retail is just, I just think of like, this is like a used car dealership, a garbage waste management facility, and healthcare, which is just like one of the most efficient, insanely over, you know, just, it's just like a Frankenstein of an industry. You know, there's no... There's nothing, yeah. So yeah, much yeah, of the healthcare in industry is just people being like insurance appraisal and people just like going through and determining where and when you can like cut off people's access to insulin and then like doing like digitization of healthcare records and doing like pharmaceutical consultants. Like just um, thinking about the number of jobs that exist in healthcare that have absolutely nothing to do with being a doctor or a nurse is um, 
just like astounding. And then people just make so much money off of it because of like it's basically just like subsidized by the federal government as well. Yeah, and then meanwhile, um, these these investors, these Ponzi scheme guys, are like, uh, "We've got an excellent return for you, Mildred. It's a 2004 alternator for a Chrysler Sebring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't spend it all in one place." <laughs> uh, another fascinating thing about this is they also apparently there was uh, former employees were trying to speak with the SEC and they were retaliated against. Uh, so that's, so they were trying to do a whistle. They were like, they also got, got for uh, whistleblower violations, mm-hmm. which is just, you know, got to add on top of that, you know, their, uh, knowingness, knowing the willingness of just how, you know what I mean? Like if you do retaliate against a whistleblower, you know what you're doing. So these guys, okay, so here's my follow-up question. Have these guys fucked off to Monaco, or are they in custody? I don't know if they're in custody. Uh, the complaint was just filed, um, but they haven't fucked off to Monaco yet. I don't think so either. Um, yeah, because like, if you do- This is a civil penalty. Or, you know, there's not, there's not going to be criminal charges brought against them, I don't, I don't think. Okay, okay. I was just going to say, like, this is one of, like, when you do a Ponzi scheme on people, I mean, the ultimate end goal has to just be like, I have bought a plane ticket that starts in six years. Like, and I'm going, and now I'm, I'm going off to burn Switzerland or whatever, you know, like Mm -hmm. you just have to, like, you just have to get as much money as you can and then be like, peace. (laughs) And and, And that's it. You know, I think they're here. I mean, but there's also extradition. Like you have to find the right country. That's not going to extradite you, you know? And I don't know what's like the best extradition country. I'd imagine. I mean, I know like you know, some like Russia took in Edward Snowden, I guess, and like the Ecuadorian embassy took in Julian Assange. But a lot of countries have extradition policies. Um, there, you know, it's like, hey, if you do, if you even if you're a, a shitty guy, we're gonna bring you back. I, so I really would have to think about when you and I finally get caught doing our Ponzi scheme. What? are where we're going to have to run to. I, I don't know what would be a good place to go to. Do you know anyone in Monaco that we can go hide out at? Or No, it's, Monaco's so little. It's so little. It's, you'd have to find, like, an underwater cave, you know? And, like, also the underwater cave would probably just have, like, you know, leagues of, like, treasure already filling its halls, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, like, my, that's, like, one of the most cursed, you know, states right up there with fucking Vatican City, <laughs> you know? It is. I okay, so I used to just be obsessed with like micro countries. I just think they're so weird, like Andorra and like Liechtenstein, and yeah, like then there's another. Okay, so did you know that there's another micro country within Italy that's not the Vatican? What? Yeah, there's a second one. It's called San. What? Mar- it's called San Marino. It's just like so. There are these tiny little nation states that. So in the 19th century in Germany, in Italy, they had this big nationalization project where they were, because Germany was Prussia and Italy was just like the Italian states. And they had these big campaigns to like unite them as like united countries. And yeah. there was a few little holdouts that just never joined. And one of them that's is Liechtenstein right. and one of them is San Marino. That, um, man, that's very Italian of them. That's very tight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, although, although I'll give it to Liechtenstein because that does not sound Italian at all. So I'm okay with that. That sounds sounds German as hell. 
San Marino, that's that's the most Italian thing you can do. That's just, see, people don't remember this like about like the Italian states aren't necessarily on good terms with each other. Uh, no, no, and then no, like the fucking uh, the fucking like Sardinians and the uh, the Romans and the uh, what what's the the one that was really hit by oh the Lombardies and Naples and all that stuff. Oh, they they're hate each other. Of, they're all just like. Hey, and then like, oh my God, if you're fucking, um, that was a good Italian accent. <laughs> uh, if you're, uh, if you're on, what's the island? What's the island? The one where they Sicily. really, if you're Sicilian, just forget about it. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, you, you like the, the, the good rivalries. They still hate each other. I respect it. So anyway, you know who else, you know, who else is Italian? Charles Ponzi. Go on. Wow, nice. You brought it back. <laughs> brought it back to us. It's, it's, what, what I like about this one is, first off, it's a huge amount of money and a lot of people. And what I also, it's just, it's one of the, it's just one of the classic clean ones. It's just a clean Ponzi scheme. Just, you know, just straight up lying about stuff and covering up whistleblowers, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm sure we'll get some more information on this uh, as it evolves, most most certainly. Yeah, I mean, there's just, like, a few different things about them, like, you know, trying to exclude people that they know are whistleblowing from these boards and uh, those, you know, overseeing some auto dealerships. And then they're just, once they become aware of their submission to the, I guess, to the to the SEC, then they're kind of like, this. they just start, uh, they start trying to get a replacement for them. You know, then they're trying tis, to look through their tis, books and tis. records. They're trying to uh -oh. not giving them access to things anymore. Uh oh! And then they exclude them from meetings, and <laughs> just slowly, uh, to the extent that the whistleblower revealed information to the auditors that was confidential or otherwise, but otherwise truthful, I think this would be an important deterrent in moving forward to the plan to terminate him, as it would be viewed as retaliatory. <laughs> he was still hey, terminated. He was still terminated. Uh, so there's um, there's some good stuff here, guys. I don't know how much money is really being. Owned. I mean, one point seven billion dollars. You know, the SEC doesn't really look for specific amounts of money. They just kind of let the let it play out as it does. Um, but they figured they definitely put a certain amount of money on how much they took. Uh, and one point seven billion dollars is a lot for what they use. I mean, there's and there's also like nine uh, allegations against them. Uh, so you know, but that's also the funniest shit about a Ponzi scheme is that like even like though the the un the underlying amount is like in the billions at this point. It's like you only come out with a million ish dollars because you still have to like continually give that money back via new investors' money. So it's sort of like it's just. It's like, it's like if you made yourself a grand pyramid of Giza, but like, so you could, you know, put your, your, your milk in it. Like you put a, refri <laughs> like you put a refrigerator inside the pyramid and then that's, yeah, that's where I put my milk. And it's like, well, this seems like a lot. This seems really excessive. <laughs> you know? I mean, I mean, you've just, I mean yeah. in fairness, they're making money. Like they're getting their salary during this time. So like, yeah, I guess. You know, it's not like they're just taking it all and doing it charitably. Um, but they're doing it because, you know, what's, it's kind of one of those things where it's the, the Ponzi scheme is generally not that intentional. I feel like a lot of people are doing it to fake it until they make it. 
You know, like fake it until you make it is just just doing the that's Hansi so scheme. funny. Accidental Ponzi scheme. That's even funnier because yeah. you're just trying. Like every, I think a lot of people walk into a Ponzi scheme wanting to actually have it be a legitimate like portfolio of like investments, and then they realize that some of them aren't doing well, and they just try to keep it going anyways. And they're like, "Look, I'm just gonna use this. To- I'm gonna gonna use these like initial investments to like." give some dividends to prior shareholders just for now just until i cut my losses for now until the rest of the portfolio (laughs) starts making up some alpha and then we'll just we'll we'll make it we'll make it we'll make it we'll make it and there's just this kind of like you just it's like doing i don't know it's kind of like doing heroin a little bit you know just like look i'm just doing this just for now until i can start to afford my prescriptions or I'm just doing that, you know, like you just kind of slowly walk into it. And I kind of feel like people don't always walk into a Ponzi scheme being like, let's fuck over some old people. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they just kind of fall into it. But 17,000 people is huge. Huge. Yeah. So yeah, they just, they just, they just went whole hog after a while. Yeah, exactly. Then they were like, we're in it too deep, you know? Uh, we're speaking of huge, uh, big, Big showdown in Amazon right now. Danny, you you know a lot about Amazon. I want to get your I opinion do. about Jeff Bezos stepping down. Um, what do you think? Why do you think he stepped down? I don't. Compl- I mean, I have theories, obviously. So, like, I knew people who actually worked at Amazon, and a lot of them basically stated that um, at, over the years, Jeff Bezos slowly but surely stopped doing stuff at Amazon. So like, or at least started stopped being as big of a part with like the daily transactions, you know, like he would often be at blue origin, which is his rocket company. uh, And uh, would spend a lot of time over there. I believe from some of my sources, he would like it was originally that he would spend every Wednesday he would be at Blue Origin, essentially, allegedly. Wow. Um, so he would just not be there, and then it just kind of got more and more uh, from there. So my guess is definitely that it has something to do with Blue Origin, and then the other thing too is that like um, you know, the other people who run Amazon, they're not like uh tim cook and um old uh old um why am i forgetting the original apple ceos oh name? john, jo- steve, john uh, steve jobs steve jobs yeah, yeah steve jobs steve jobs was very <laughs> um steve jobs was very prolific in the way he functioned very maniacal like he wanted to be involved in everything and it was literally just him dying that prevented him from continuing doing that. Yeah. Uh, so when they replaced him with Tim Cook, they just got a guy who was like kind of like that, but not, not the same guy. Amazon is a little bit more diffuse, I think, because they have a lot more fit fingers and a lot more pies. You know, yeah. They have Amazon Web Services, AWS. And Amazon, is, Amazon, like, you know, respectfully, I love Amazon, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like they don't, they didn't, in like completely like invent entirely new hardware or software like no under steve jobs like they he really like invented the iphone and the ipad which were 
groundbreaking technologies and like the iPod. I mean, like all of these and like, like Steve Jobs really brought the Apple brand and with it just like an entire new sector of the digital world. And so maybe that's why he was a little bit more. I mean, I, I look, I, and full disclosure, my dad is Steve Jobs. But like, besides that, I, <laughs> you know. R.I.P. 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 Uh, like, you know, I mean, it, like, maybe that's why he was more involved. Whereas Jeff was just running a logistics company, right? Like, Well, yeah, Jeff Jeff Bezos's company, it really just, um, you know, Jeff Bezos is a very intelligent individual. I hate him. Uh, but I'm not going to say he's not smart in some way. He's also a huge asshole. Uh, but, like, the uh, the thing is, is you're right, is Amazon really turned into a logistics management system that's really, really intense now. Like, their, uh, their, their warehouses are infamous for uh, just uh, the level of automation they now have, in addition to the uh, ruthlessness in which they move their employees, um, you know, they've always, you know, they have, they, I mean, like I said, Amazon started out just delivering and selling books. Like that was their whole thing was mm -hmm. just books. And, and since then, uh, and they did, and they did that because, you know, you can sort books a little bit easier. They have ISBN numbers. So, and, like, and they don't uh, expire. They're not, they don't have really an expiration date. Exactly. So, it's really easy to hold them, but you know, that was never Jeff Bezos's intention. He always thought of it as the everything store, even back in like 1998, like there's lots of, you know, there's documentation of him being like, yeah, I want to sell everything. And since then, Amazon has essentially turned into this, uh, one of the most complicated distribution networks, um, in the world. Uh, you know, they have different types of distribution centers, ones that handle only large objects, ones that handle only small objects, uh, ones that exist in uh, Lexington. Uh, I believe Arizona has one. That one is like someone infamous. It's either Arizona or New Mexico, which is somewhat infamous because it got so hot there that a lot of people were fainting. Whoa. Uh, Cal you know, there's lots of, there's, there's all kinds of uh, distribution centers that happen there. But like, I think, like I said, Jeff, it, 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 he has... Um, Jeff Bezos definitely got indoctrinated minds into his um, organization, and you can tell that they're they're in it to win it. They're in it for the long game too, just because Andy Jassy, the guy who is going to take over for him, he's worth three hundred and sixty three million dollars. Like he's not a billionaire by any means, but like he has enough Amazon stock that clearly, like he could spend money recklessly for the rest of his life. And Real man of the people. Out of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so so uh yeah, they're 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 uh, there's a bunch of Jeff bots in uh, Amazon. They're all You don't think that it was like because like I saw some people just being like speculating like did he get forced out? Does he like know something that other people don't know and he left while the while like the going was still good? Like is he is he doing this to like uh, like save face in some way or do you think he really just is bored like because I, I also I... Read, I also read reports that he would like he said i try to only make three decisions a day and don't do anything except for during the hours of 10 a.m and 5 p.m yeah 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 so like i said jeff Bezos is like he's smart but he's also one of those dumb guy you know like smart guys whatever yeah. so it doesn't mean he's universally smart um i don't think he's saving face you make a very good point 
because CEOs at tech companies are infamous for being booted out of their companies they started. That happened with Travis Kalanick of Uber. Yeah. Um, that's happened with lots of uh, tech CEOs, essentially. I mean, Elon um, Musk lost lost his uh, chairmanship, right? Because of his SEC shit. I believe so. Elon Musk is another one of those things. So I don't think Jeff Bezos did that for those reasons, although certainly getting ahead of anything is definitely advantageous in that way. Again, I don't, you know, he's, I, I'm really willing to bet he's, he's more just on that sort of Howard Hughes kick now where like oh. the man is, the man is now rounding the corner. He's getting close to $200 billion. Like, wow. and like, keep in mind, like he was only just worth a hundred billion dollars like last year. Like, that's insane, you know? So, uh, yeah, I would be very I would be very surprised if it was, like, scandalous. Keep in mind that he sent dick pics or whatever. He was cheating on his wife, and he totally got over that. Remember? People I don't even so. talk about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, like, he didn't even get ousted as CEO for that, you know? Uh, yeah. So, I think he kind of just left on his own accord. And keep in mind, I believe he's still executive chairman, so he'll still, like... He'll still fucking like be there for sure. Let's see, Jeff Bezos net worth. Um and he is now $184 billion. Yep. And <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because that one last week or two weeks ago, we were like, Elon Musk is the richest person in the world. Not anymore. <laughs> it's back to He's Jeff. Now at, it's back to Jeff. 177 is uh Elon Musk. So. Well, well, we we Ponzi Scream really have our uh, we really have a, a we have skin in the game, you know, for for this competition. This is like the I, I'm putting all my money on 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 Jeff or something. I don't know, whatever. Um, so look, we got some, but Amazon's uh, going through an interesting time right now. Um, they last year, right when the pandemic broke out, they had this. Um, they had one worker who ended up being fired because he was trying to unionize in their Staten Island distribution center. And now, yes, that was very, that was a very big deal. Yeah. And so now they, um, amazingly there is in Alabama, there is a, in Bessemer, Alabama, there's a distribution center that is going to have a a union votes. It's a, it's a relatively new distribution center. I'm fairly certain that that is the reason. That's like the the whole reason. Um, let's see, Bessemer, Bessemer, Alabama. Where they, is that? Oh, it's about. This is about thirty minutes outside of Birmingham. Okay, not okay. it's not far. Yeah. So the re- retail, wholesale, and department store union is. Uh, they're trying to have a. They're having unionization election, and it's all going to be. By mail, which um, Amazon was fighting very severely, which is, I think, very. I mean, look, none of rocks. It rocks that it's it by rocks. Mail. It totally rocks that it's by mail because Amazon was saying, like, at first, like they fired that guy in Staten Island because he was apparently um, exposing people to coronavirus by talking to them about the union. But Amazon wanted to have their union election in person, and it's like, well. Uh, I mean, look, it's stupid to point out hypocrisies because that's not what it's actually about. But it's just it's worth noting that they're being hypocrites because it's not 
actually about that stuff. And I, I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot of people who can still kind of be influenced one way or the other about some of these union activities and people really rely on Amazon these days. And so for a lot of customers, there's a lot of confusion about, is this going to actually make my packages more expensive? Is this going to slow things down? You know, is this going to, I don't know, ruin, you know, my ability to get my prescription medication or something like that, you know, because a lot of people just, especially in coronavirus are so reliant on these tech companies and these logistics companies like Uber and stuff like that to, to survive that people don't really, it, it's hard to cut through the, the, you know, kind of the corporate, you know, consumer welfare line and get to the crux of the issue, which is over the course of, like you said, over, over the course of the pandemic, uh, Amazon has just netted just, I mean, they're now worth around $2 trillion at this it's, point. They're huge. They're, they've made so, so, so much money yeah. over the course of this. And, um, they are, you know, that, that whole argument, well, is it going to cost you more? It's like, well, first off, um, there, I don't think there is really, you, I don't think you can make the argument that there is a specific way that could universally cost anyone more or less if this Bessemer plant becomes unionized. If you want to go the route, will unionization eventually to other unionization, which may things cost more than, yeah, maybe, sure. It probably would, but who gives a fuck? But I'm like, not sure that that's true, though, because it's like... I, I know, I'm, I'm giving them, I'm like trying, I'm giving them like the benefit yeah. of the doubt, you know, okay. in this case. But like... But like that's the thing about Amazon's distribution, though, is that it um it's w it's weird and decentralized. So like, like for example, you know, um Kentucky and uh, Lexington, Lexington in that area, that's a big, or maybe it's Louisville. One of those cities in Kentucky is a huge, huge hub for either UPS or FedEx. One of those two. So like when shit comes from the West Coast and goes to the East Coast, it probably goes through Kentucky. Oh, interesting. You know, because of that. But Amazon is more uh, is a little bit more decentralized. So, if something comes to Florida, for example, from the West Coast, um I think the argument that they would be is like, well, if you take away our if you unionize the Bessemer plant, then it's going to make things harder or it's going to cost more or whatever. Well, it doesn't affect, I don't think it affects any of the infrastructural things because the plant's already made. It's already like an invested solid And also, thing. I mean, look, a union is free. Like there, there is, it, yeah. it costs nothing to unionize. Where you're going to get into costs is about the contract that's negotiated for the workers. And it's a collective bargaining agreement. And the word bargaining matters like no one is going to bargain for something that is going to bankrupt the company or like unreasonably ruin its business model this is a like what this does is this allows the workers to negotiate their conditions of work and like their benefits it's not like we are going to take over amazon and like make it so that we are all making jeff bezos amounts of money this is we don't want you to hire seasonal laborers who just got out of prison, you know, and are like doing this, like, like there's just like been some stuff about how like they're basically hiring scabs at this point to campaign against the union. 
which is pretty crazy. Um, and doing things like that, they're just for the purposes of like undercutting everyone else. And they're using, they're preying on their vulnerability of these people who are part-time seasonal workers and doing that for the purpose of, I don't know, just trying to ruin everyone else's like job experience. And there's just like all the stuff of like tracking the way that the Amazon worker like will like move their hands. I've read articles about that in the past and there's just, um, you know, the bathroom breaks are excessive, like are really, really short in these Amazon plants. And, you know, you get incentivized just to kind of like keep going and it gets very like gamified workspace. And look, there's a lot of work that needs to be done and it's all good stuff, but Amazon can absolutely afford to pay people a living wage and still keep prices down. I mean, there is no reason that you have to have like it's like the way that money is distributed and like reimbursed back to the company and like the corporate side versus like some of it staying with the workers. Like you don't like that's where things really get lost is like how much are you paying people in HQ versus how much are you paying the workers? And a good collective bargaining agreement would balance that out without cutting into the core expenses of the business. You know what I mean? Where you're yeah. balancing yeah. out how much corporate is making versus the workers, not cutting into and raising overall expenses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they, the, but they don't do that you're... because they're greedy. Like the, no, like yeah. people don't see that as like a, like, tenable position because you're saying you're not going to reduce my paycheck it's like actually we want to reduce your paycheck because like yeah you know what i mean yeah no they 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 well i think you're getting at a, a core thing here is that like it's not going to cost more it's like would there be potential infrastructure things where it's just sort of like well uh okay like it just like first of all i don't believe this because i think things are so uh exp expedited there anyway that i don't believe it but second of all, if there was any change, it would just be that things might be a little bit slower. Like, that's the only thing. And it would be a little bit slower to humanity's great advantage. Because yes. there has been, as you mentioned, huge uh, sort of like draconian measures that have been taken against workers who work at Amazon. Like, one of the things that's really big that I believe happened to a Chicago plant was the situation where they just closed. They straight up closed an entire distri distribution center or something to that effect. It, it, it's, it's hours changed. And what they offered people is they didn't offer people the same shifts that they had at a different plant or whatever. What they said is, it, is you can either be fired or you can do like basically these ultra shifts or these zombie shifts. Oh yeah, you know, they're what starting they, to do those, yeah. Where they're, where, and like, this is, at, this is like cruel and unusual punishment, essentially. And the shift is a graveyard shift, but it's 10 hours. So it's 1 a.m. to 11 a.m. Just absolute fucking nut. Just, that's crazy, you know? And like, the reason those graveyard shifts that are so insane and like why they're pushing them is because Amazon, part of the reason, Amazon, you know, they lease out, you know, a lot of the transportation space, um, uh, you know, that, that, well, actually, no, that doesn't make any sense either. Cause I was going to say they lease out like the, the flight space that like UPS and FedEx use 
uh, during the day, but they also use it at night. So I take that back. I was, you know, it's uh, basically it's just a, it's just it's just this thing. I mean, it's like, one well, of these we... like effectively like it is always cost cutting to like co- most cost savings that corporate America tries to do is to cut into workers pay benefits or working conditions it is never yeah. or to automate just to straight up automate it is never cost savings by like reducing pay um amazon is a company that doesn't give out dividends much or at all as far as i understand i understand but you know giving stopping dividends to shareholders you know what i mean like these are things that like they never do m- most companies do not do cost savings on the white collar side it is always on the blue collar side and so when people yeah. um and it, you know i mean like you look at uh you know examples of like where people have better wages a lot of that is um you know like if you 22 to I, I don't know i saw this one tweet that was like you know danish workers make 22 bucks an hour but their a big mac is like 30 cents more expensive in in or a dollar. Who cares? You know, it's not yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just like a huge, huge benefit for the cost of nothing. I mean, I will say this. This is one thing that I think is doesn't get talked about enough, which is just that how expensive private health insurance is for employers. Like, one of yeah. the things that I think is it, there's a real missed opportunity. I mean, I don't know if people would buy it because I think it's like ultimately probably not that good faith of an effort on the other side but like if like how much small businesses and and really corporate america has to pay and how inefficient and um just like bad for business and like lagging productivity is for healthcare like paying for healthcare for your workers is just is like it's such a huge expense and it isn't good for the company's bottom line and if you could want to like bankrupt a small business, talk about doing like healthcare issues, like all these like, and and none of that is just, all that's doing for the workers is just giving them like a shitty healthcare plan. So that way, if they like break yeah. their arm, they're not gonna like go into insane amounts of debt. Like this is you, most healthcare plans aren't even that great, but you have to negotiate them and you have to buy them, and it's inc- it's just so expensive and time consuming. That I'm I'm I really am shocked that there aren't more like business owners who are like, this sucks. This system totally sucks. Um Yeah, well, a lot of those businesses, those owners are just fucking losers to begin with. So they're not thinking about it like, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna say all, you know, small business owners are the petty tyrants, but a lot of them are. And it's like they like they're just sort of like, nah, I don't gonna get it. Well, just they don't see the forest through the trees. They think that it's like a class antagonism. And so they have this like class solidarity with like the health insurance industry. And when they don't realize like how much they're getting fucked over by health insurance as much as everyone else is. Like if you like imagine if healthcare, if we had Medicare for all, how much of those expenses could be used towards whatever employers wanted to. I mean, they could um, and that would be on the table for bargaining with a union, of course. Some people could see a raise. Probably the majority of um, companies would probably use that to like line their own pockets because that's just kind of how people's incentives are in the white collar sector. 
and and, yeah. and in most human behavior. But that would be something to bargain over with a union, and that could go event that could make its way back to workers. Um, and just the fact that it has to be constantly negotiated all the time is uh, a huge waste of everyone's goddamn time. Yeah, and I mean, of course, the pandemic of all things has thrown that into complete disarray. You know, considering, uh, you know, people can't you know if you it doesn't matter if you have health-based insurance if you don't work or have a job anymore right. <laughs> that's so a, that's that's a real big deal so amazon tried to make uh the union election in person because actually uh turns out that it's the opposite effect with normal elections but in a union election voting in person has a higher turnout rate than voting by mail uh huh. Because you go to your job every day, right? And so you vote there. Whereas if you work, like, it, it's kind of like maybe a union ballot is kind of perceived that comes to you in the mail is probably going to be perceived like when you get your letter for your company health insurance from like Vanguard and you just kind of ignore it and throw it away, right? Like, that's it, not, uh, or not their health insurance, but you're like, you're before one, yeah, your 401k information. So, like, people just might ignore it more likely a union ballot than they would just seeing it in person. So that was Amazon's argument, but they also like, um, I was reading in, I think it was in Huffington post and also the American prospect had a couple articles about why Amazon wanted to have in-person elections. And it wasn't just to give their, their employees coronavirus. It's because that is the hmm. last best time when, uh, the employers can intimidate workers is when they because during the election process there's a union rep and your manager or someone appointed by the by on the management side to watch and surveil and make sure everything's kosher at the ballot box and most managers allegedly know how a lot of people are going to vote and they will assign a particular manager to oversee a particular time when a particular worker is going to work to oh. maximize the intimidation effect. So what they get, they get the manager who just sort of like looks like a Looney Tunes character who's just like, yeah, know, the like, scariest yeah. guy. Yeah, the, to, yeah, yeah, the yeah, scary, yeah. You know, for that or the or the person who's directly ah. supervising that one person who happens to be voting in that time period. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's used to maximum effect because like there is a a silent period in which case manage like in the 24 hours before an election, which management can't speak. But this is kind of the one time where they can kind of just like look over them and they can be like, what are you? How are you? It's like, what are you? Hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, hello. So, yeah. so Amazon's <laughs> been doing some pretty normal stuff. Like they, some of the anti-union stuff they do, they did some captive audience meetings, which is where management and a consultant require employees to sit on, on a meeting. This is like pretty, cut and dry stuff i've sat through them before it's something you have to go through and you're uh, a good union organizer will like prepare you for that um and i mean these are there's like i mean the union efforts that i've been involved in have been no less than 50 people this is 5,800 people um at this best so huge totally different uh scale of unionizing that's going on here and so one of the things that they're doing is they're doing the the Union organizers have been doing direct canvassing at the stop sign right outside of the plant 
Yes. And uh, this kind of was a little bit of like a viral video, and you kind of see people doing this. And it's not a very common tactic because you don't really want, like, who wants to be like Canvas, like their Greenpeace or Planned Parenthood on, you know, in Washington Square Park? Like, no one wants to get these flyers. But that's, but that's the goofy thing, though, David. Totally different culture. Like, we're fucking brazen you know, fucking 27 rings, best city in the world, New Yorkers mm-hmm. yeah. up here being like, don't fucking talk to me, but I'm going to go how, go ahead and go out on a limb that if you know a guy who also works at a plant and you live in Alabama, maybe you're like, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, True. people are more, people are more friendly, you know? True. And so what apparently that, so what a big tactic that's like gotten increased their support is the union organizers because uh, a company does not have, does not is not legally required to let a non-employee onto their premises. Um, they they do not have the, from what I understand, they do not have the legal requirement to allow a union organizer on. You can have obviously if you work for the company and you're on the organizing committee, you're on you're allowed on the premises. And once you're there, you are legally protected to state your opinions on the union and stuff like that. But you can't have like a, a you know. An organizer themselves. So what the organizers are doing, they're just right outside the property, right at this stoplight at this plant, and they're like handing out flyers and talking to people in their cars about the union and stuff. And this is all alleged that recently the lights have been adjusted at this stoplight to mm-hmm. have people leave sooner, have the light turn green sooner because it uh, that, that way people don't have as much time to talk to these union reps. And the Amazon workers, the organizers, are alleging that Amazon spoke with the city to have the lights changed faster so that the union reps wouldn't have time to talk to them. Okay? Hilarious. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there, uh, there was apparently already a car accident, which someone got s- seriously injured on. Uh, because as a result of these lights being changed, I mean, just like scary stuff, pretty crazy shit. Uh, in the, in the meantime, there was that big headline where like there was a bill that's being proposed in like Nevada that would allow for the creation of company towns, and it's like this is what you would get if you had a company town. If you had a, a town that was literally owned and operated by Amazon, like we did in the early 19th century, your entire like. All of the stoplights would operate like this. Yeah, shit gets real. Yeah, shit gets real 19th century on you, and it gets really weird. Where Mm -hmm. it's like, and I mean, and again, for what? For what? So, I mean, like, think about really, I mean, let's take this to its absolute extreme and say that, like, every single company or, like, you know, uh, plant every single distribution center becomes unionized and they have to start paying people more and they can't, they don't have to work these devilishly long shifts. It's like, so uh, who cares? It's like, I, I, they really are just trying. They're like, no, I have to have it all. And I don't know. I mean, not to get too basic on you, not to be like a, a, a 19, uh, excuse me, not to be a 19 year old, uh, you know, do it. Socialist. Do it. Be not to be not to be a nineteen-year-old long-legged socialist. Uh, but like, <laughs> uh, 
like I was listening to another podcast where they were literally talking about political economy and how that pertains to Marxism. And they just did the basic MCM or, you know, uh, MCM, CMC, um, where it's like money, capital, money, and then capital, money, capital or whatever. Or it's something like that. But it basically is the whole it's like that Marxist equation that basically says, you know, if you are creating something so you can you can exchange it and, and build something else, that's different. That's just using money. That's just turning a thing that you have into money or whatever. But yeah. if you make something so it is purely so you can make more money, that's when it turns into capital. And that's when you have people who are making money purely just for the sake of getting more money, you know, right. it's like they don't, and it really just takes you down this goofy philosophical turn where it's like, for what? Like, this isn't, this is enriching the lives of like a, a half dozen people who f quite frankly don't even spend their money. They don't have right. fun. And there's no point to just all like so much human misery, just so much human misery. So many like, you know, 50 year old like mothers who have to continue working a, 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 an 11 to 2, or excuse me, an 11, a 1 a.m. to 11 a.m. shift four times a week, and then like can't take care of their kids on the weekends because their, their, their circadian rhythm is completely fucked up, you know? Right. And uh, just, it's like, who, can, it's, it's so completely unsympathetic. And, uh, the other false promise, too, especially if you live in New York, is that, like, Amazon doesn't deliver things on time already. You right. know, like, right. they, they're already passing the buck onto other things and saying that they're helping customers. But, but if you're a New York resident, you know, you already know that it's like Amazon doesn't deliver their shit. Third-party right. contractors deliver their shit. And quite frankly, they do it terribly. <laughs> so, they throw your shit in the trash. <laughs> they put it. They don't put it in the right spot. So it's like Amazon is already failing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's a very common thing of, like, using the shortcomings of capitalism and blaming it on socialism somehow. And it's just, like, one of these things that, like, constantly happens where it's never capitalism's fault in some way. It's like when socialism is, like, crippled and kneecapped and destroyed – by like a coup or something like that. It's like, oh, well, see, socialism doesn't work. But then when capitalism has like overt glaring faults that are have literally nothing to do with socialism, it's still socialism's fault. Anyways, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission announced today, last week, excuse me, that it is um, requiring Amazon to pay $61.7 million uh, to settle charges that it withheld customer tips from Amazon Flex drivers over two and a Big half. Big deal year over a two and a half year period big deal this is uh its subsidiary amazon amazon logistics the company had advertised that it paid 100 percent of tips to drivers but in reality amazon used the customer tips to cover the difference after it lowered the hourly rate it changed it didn't inform drivers about uh yeah yeah, this is this literally came into my life the other day where I was delivering and a lady gave me a cash tip and she said, oh, I, I thought I should give you a cash tip just because Amazon was stealing. And I was like, good on you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen a couple charts of it, just like how wage theft is such a prevalent force and it doesn't really get discussed in the same way with the same level of severity as something like actual theft or a robbery or 
even like embezzlements or even a Ponzi scheme, you know, Mm -hmm. but it is everywhere. And there are open efforts to continue to suppress people's ability just to be able to have a a voice at the table. You know, I mean, the at at Google with this union, which is, you know, kind of like its own, uh, it has a it's, a, it's a different kind of union than what's trying to be sought for uh, at Amazon right now that, you know, they're firing people left and right, you know, for these mm-hmm. retaliation sort of stuff. I mean, this is just con- going on constantly. Uh, so this is kind of what uh, the American labor laws are supposed to do. It's supposed to facilitate contracting, coming to a contract. The American labor law is not a pro worker law. It is a pro conciliation law that is yeah. is created to incentivize encourage people to peacefully form unions and to get to the collective bargaining process because if you don't do that then there is just decades of you know of like there's just chaos companies spend insane amounts of money trying to suppress a union they spend all this time and resources and energy hiring lawyers and consultants, and then they say they can't afford a union. Um, the purpose of of forming a you know kind of like Wagner Act union is to just get to some peace, industrial yeah. labor peace. And um, anyways, that's what's kind of being sought for right now. Um, and. It's a crazy time. It's this would be one of the first big union shops in the South, one of the first big union shops in the tech sector. I mean, Google had its white collar workers unionized through this non, you know, non traditional union uh, approach, and that was able to include independent contractors. This one is not going to include seasonal workers, which is there is apparently like seven hundred of them, and they're not in the bargaining yeah. unit. And Amazon is using them like I said earlier, to wage, uh, to be opposition. Like they're being required to wear these vote no on the union, uh, on, on their pin, on pins on their, you know, little like work uniforms. And God, it's just so transparent. It's just, it's like, they just don't, they're so bad at it. Like they, it's, it's such a bad look. It's just such <laughs> a bad look every yeah. single time. It's just like, what do you, come on, come on, dude. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Is there, dude? Before we go, is you know, is there like any kind of requirement like during these meetings where they have all the lawyers come in and be like, "This is why a union is bad." There just needs to be like one person in there who's just sort of like, "They're lying." <laughs> it's you're not you're, true. <laughs> you're allowed to speak up during these meetings for sure. Um, you know, but that'd be funny. I mean, they're not allowed to say some things, which is interesting. They're not allowed to threaten people. They're not allowed to like say this will lead to the collapse of the company. They're not allowed to say like we will retaliate against you if you do this. Um, so there's a yeah. lot of things that they can't say. Uh, but there needs to be like every ev- every single one of these these fake meetings. The first question that before they even start talking is someone needs to be like, "Hi there, were you paid by the company to be here?" You know, like that needs to be, they just need to be like, <laughs> yes, yes or no, you know, like real right. fast just, just to invalidate all of that. Well, uh, we'll know more. Well, actually, we won't know more by the time this episode comes out because voting uh, starts uh, on Monday, but it's going to be a long process because these mail-in ballots are going to take forever. So 
we'll be following this. And in the meantime, oh, yeah. you know, I think that there's uh, some people who are sending pizza to the workers. There's some rallies going on. You know, I mean, it's hard to, with, with something like this. It's hard to know how you can support except for just kind of, you know, I don't know. Be like, cool, guys. Good luck. Wish you the best. Nice. nice <laughs> no, like, you nice. know, like you can't really like donate to, you know, there's, there's not like a, I don't know. There's, there's not a GoFundMe for, for this, or there's not like a, an act blue link that you can give to some super PAC that's sponsored by the democratic party to support this. This is just kind of like, it's, this is one of these kinds of elections that can really only be won or lost based off like people on the ground talking to people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ooh, man, David, so surprising that the Biden administration or like all these things, they just, um, all those, all those people on Twitter, they just, who are, are so concerned about people and, you know, especially how concerned they are with black lives too. They're just a little conspicuously silent, even though mm -hmm. the Alabama plant is like, uh, you know, like a large portion is just African-American. Oh, overwhelmingly so. Overwhelmingly That's so, so strange. That's so strange. They must have not. Man, somebody must have not have told them because that'd be really weird if they yeah. just didn't say anything about that. That'd be so strange. It's yeah, so it, strange. Is, it is weird how the kind of people, I don't know, uh, what, <laughs> what people pay attention to on the yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so funny. Uh, so funny. <laughs> uh, we'll see how this goes. And that's kind of all we can say about it, you know. Um, all for, right. For Ponzi Scream, I'm Danny Feltz. I'm a big butt. My name is David. <laughs> uh, all right. Good luck. Good night. Sounds good.